This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, start. Today we have a special program by a special demand. Because we want to be happy, we want to be joyful. So today's talk, topic is going to be joy. Because we know that Judaism is here for us to be happy. The Torah wants to make us happy. How do you know Hashem wants to make us happy? It says right at the beginning, it says, Yehi or, let there be light in the world. And there's no greater light in the world than happiness, joy. A person's smile can light up a room, right? So there's different kinds of light. That our, our, our lives should be full of light. Light is joy. Light is something which can light your life up. So joy is very, very critical. And where do we see joy? We're reading this parashiot. Very, very serious parashiot in the Torah. And where do we see joy in the parasha? Well, let's go. Before that, before that, before that. We just read. The greatest story of childbirth in the Torah. Sarah at the age of 90. She called him Yitzchak because she laughed. And Has a baby. And she called his name Yitzchak, Yitzchak which means yeah. laughter. She calls her son's name laughter. Wow. Would you call your son's name laughter? Well, today, show me what. Very good. Hashem gave the name Yitzchak. It wasn't Rivka, it wasn't Sarah arbitrarily choosing a name. God tells Abraham, you're going to have a son, and you're going to call his name and that was Abraham's response. Abraham's response was he started laughing. When Hashem says you're going to have a son, he started laughing. So Hashem says you're going to call his, his name Yitzchak. Because that boy is going to make everyone laugh. He's going to make everyone laugh. Why? Every time you hear what happened, everyone's going to be happy. But the 100-year-old man had a baby. And the 90-year-old woman had a baby. It's a joke. What a laughter. What a joke. Ben Zikunim. Ben Zikunim. That's amazing. Look at that. So, same thing we find Yitzhak. Yitzhak is a very happy person. Now, if you imagine Yitzhak, I wouldn't imagine Yitzhak as being a very happy person. You know, if you think about Yitzhak, who do you think about? The truth is, our perspectives are faulty. The Torah says Yitzhak was a very happy person. And why was Yitzhak happy? Let's think about why, why did God have to have Yitzhak as a very, very happy person? We're going to discuss that. So, this week's parasha, there's a famine again in Israel. And where does Yitzhak go? I just told you. He goes to a place called Gerar, which is among the Philistines, the Philistim. And it came to pass, next week, this is this week's parasha coming up, told it. Avimelech, king of Philistines, gazed down through the window, and he saw Yitzhak was laughing with his wife. What does that mean? Don't ask. He was laughing with his wife. <laughs> He's a happy person. Yitzhak is a very, very happy person. When you hear about his story, everyone laughs. He's going to bring laughter into this world. Amazing, amazing. So, what does this tell us? Why is the Torah telling us about laughter over here? Why is the Torah emphasizing this trait of being a happy person? What makes a person happy? Let's start off with a question. What makes a person happy? Attitude. Attitude. Where does the attitude come from? Mindset. Mindset. Beautiful. Mindset. But also the relationship between husband and wife that they laugh together. 
They laughed together. Well, the truth is, they didn't laugh together. They laughed separately. Let's talk about that. This, there's different kinds of laughter. In fact, we find in the parasha, it's interesting, the parasha talk says, Abraham left. And then, Sarah. Sarah left. And when Sarah left, Hashem says, He says, Abraham, why is Sarah laughing? Right? He made her feel like... Why did she laugh? What do you mean? Why is Hashem asking why is Sarah laughing? And what, did, what did Hashem say Sarah did? She's going to have a baby. She baby. said that she is... No, she didn't say that. What did she say? She said her husband was old. She said, how can I have a baby? My husband's too old. That's what she said to herself. But when Hashem told the story, he said... She's old. She's old. She she laughed and she said, how can I have a baby? I'm too old. Hashem changed it for Shalom Bait purposes. He changed the language for peace in the house. Imagine the wife is laughing at the husband. He's too old, that guy. And really, Hashem changed around. She, she, he didn't tell Abraham she laughed at you. She was laughing at herself. So there's different kinds of laughter. Some laughter is a tremendous mitzvah. Abraham's laughter was a mitzvah of... What was his mitzvah? Why was he laughing? Why was Abraham laughing? Happy. Happy why? Gratitude. He really believed he's going to have a baby. Hashem, I'm going to have a baby. I'm so happy. Thank you so much. Gratitude. His laugh was a laugh of belief and a laugh of gratitude. So Hashem says... Why are you laughing? He didn't ask him. Your laughter, I can understand. Your laughter is a good laughter. When Sarah laughed, what was her laughter? Disbelief. Ah. There's a good laughter. There's a disbelief laughter. So a person laughs out of belief. Hashem says, I love you. You're a great man. Sarah, why did she laugh? She wasn't believing me. She didn't believe. That's not a good laugh. Ha, 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 yeah. It's like, Imagine, after the Holocaust, 1945, the, the worst time in Jewish history, probably ever, I don't know, I think it's ever. And a person would tell you, you know, in three years' time, we're going to have a state. We're going to have our own air force, we're going to have our own army, we're going to have our own people, we'll be living in the land of Israel, and the land of Israel is going to thrive. Well, what would your response be? Yes, would you laugh out of belief, yeah. or laugh out of Dis- disbelief? Disbelief. So that is... So there's two kinds of laughter. That's, that's two kinds of laughter. Put it on your memory. There's a laughter of belief and there's a laughter of disbelief. It's like a nervous laugh. Okay. Number three. This week's, last week's parasha, we find there was a person who laughed and his mother said, throw him out of the house. So, tell me who. Okay. Yishmael. Yishmael laughed. Did he laugh? It says he was playing. It's the same language. But he, Yishmael, mitzachek, he was mitzachek. Ishmael was laughing. He wasn't laughing. He was playing games. What kind of laughter is that? Where his mother says, Sarah says, throw him out of the house with his mother. Throw him out with a maidservant. Because it was teasing. Teasing laughter. Mockery. Mocking laughter. So there's three kinds of laughter. Number one is laughter of joy. belief and joy. Number two is disbelief and doubt. And number three is mockery. Making fun of someone. That's the worst kind. That's the worst. It's a very bad kind of laughter. Right? So she says, throw him out of the house. They're not going to get along. My son Yitzhak and Yishmael are not going to get along. Yishmael is already making fun of him. I'm just saying, Rashi says terrible things about Yishmael. He was doing the three cardinal sins. And that's what laughter is. Three cardinal sins. Anyway. So, so far we saw three. And then we see in this week's parasha, Yitzhak was laughing with his wife. What kind of laughter is that? 
Who talks about it? Intimacy. intimacy. It's an intimate laughter. They're, they're sharing a joke. They're sharing something they, they can relate to, both of them. It's very important for husband and wife to be on the same wavelength. They're on the same wavelength. They're enjoying life together. That's the key. The key is to enjoy life together. And that's what a person should think when they're in the marriage. I want to make this marriage, not just work. That's the basic. I want to make this marriage thrive. I want to make this marriage a joyful marriage. Let's not waste our time. Let's not fight. And the Yitzhara is so big. The Yitzhara just wants to destroy. Destroy marriages. Destroy the relationships. Destroy, destroy, destroy. We have to make it work, not just work. Work is basic. Why do you want a marriage which is basic? Go for the thrive. Let it thrive. And that's something that people don't talk about today. Let the marriage thrive. Marriage is a joke. Today, all the jokes, if you think about all the jokes people make, are all about marriage, in-laws, outlaws, you know. Let me tell you a joke. Let's say a joke. Okay. <laughs> so the guy tells his wife, he says, don't tell me I don't like my in-laws. I love your mother-in-law. There's always jokes about marriage. Make a joke out of marriage, but it's not true. Marriage is unique. Marriage is great. Marriage is fantastic. Okay. So, Yitzhak means the laughter. So we have how many kinds of laughter so far? Four. Four. Four kinds of laughter. I'm sure there are more. But where does laughter come from? So there's a very famous rabbi who lived in Israel, passed away ten years ago. He wrote a book. Very, very famous mashkiach. He's the mashkiach Beriyakov. And he writes, he says, from here we see a person has to have the trait of what trait we're we talking about? Happiness. happiness. Well, it's, it's more than happiness. It's a trait of joy. joy and a trait of being able to make others laugh. The trait of me make others happy as well. To be a happy person could not just happy inside, but also happy and make other people happy. That's very, very important. A work person walks in, everyone's in a bad mood, and all of a sudden the mood changes. Just because of one person walked in. That kind of person is going to get tremendous reward in the next world. Why? Because they can change people's moods for the better. Right? And it's so important to be a happy person. How do we know? Yitzhak. Yitzhak. Hashem chose Yitzhak to be a... A korban. To be a sacrifice. Now, can you imagine... If Yitzhak is a sacrifice and he goes to God crying and miserable, why do you choose me? Can't you find someone else? <coughs> you know, you, you put on the most whiny voice, right? Why me? Why do you choose me? What does have to happen to me? I don't want to be the one. You know, get say, get Yishmael. Why do you want to kill me? Get Yishmael. Kill someone else. What do you kill me for? Why do you pick me? Why do you pick my father's lunatic and this and that? That's what he should be saying. No. You have to be a happy person. Otherwise, the korban would be pasul. Imagine, you do a mitzvah, right? There's so many different kinds of mitzvah. The same mitzvah, every person does differently. It's the same mitzvah. Give me an example. Okay, my father says, please get me a glass of water. And you have five kids over there. And one kid runs with all his rust, runs, rushes to do his father's will. He runs, he says, but you know what? He's even better. One kid says, Daddy, can I get you a glass of water? <laughs> That's the best one. The second one says, Okay, he runs to get the glass of water. The third one, eh, Okay, my daddy wants a glass of water. Okay, let him wait a few minutes. No problem, he's not in a rush. Okay, I'll go. Okay, Daddy, okay. Let me go. The fourth one doesn't even move. 
They're all doing the same mitzvah, but you see the different ways of doing it. Right. Right? So a person does a mitzvah with enthusiasm and joy, you can't compare. It's a different mitzvah. The Ramchal says, the Ram, Ramosha Chaim Duzato, and Mesirat Yesharim, he says, a mitzvah with joy is worth a thousand times as much as a regular mitzvah. Think about it. Hard to imagine, right? Because, uh, it's time for Minyan. Okay, what time is it? Another 10 minutes. I can stay in bed another 10 minutes. What's the problem? <laughs> Got another half hour. Okay, the rabbi just goes on, and the service is so long, and they just, another five minutes, another 10 minutes, another 10 minutes. I'll slow down. What's the problem? And that's the difference between a person who wakes up straight away, runs, and that was Abraham Abino. Abraham. Abraham Baboker. Abraham gets up early in the morning to do what? To slaughter his son. You know, it's interesting. We talked about yesterday the comparisons, because there's, there's a lot of comparisons in the, in the verses when it comes to both slaughtering Yitzhak and also throwing out Ishmael. In a sense, Abraham was losing two children. Imagine. Right. He had two sons, and Hashem says, Throw Ishmael out. Go Shech Yitzhak. He doesn't say Shech Yitzhak. He says, Hallelujah, raise him up. We have to raise our children. We talked about last week. We have to raise, <laughs> at least one person remembers. <laughs> we have to raise our children up. We have to raise them up. He didn't say to kill him. So, if we see a great person laughing, if we see Yitzhak laughing and being happy, we have to learn from that. That's, you know, Breshi does not give us many mitzvot. How many mitzvot are in Breshi? Puruvu, have children. Number two is Brit Mila. Number three is quickly. Get a nasheh. It's when the angel hit Yaakov on the thigh, and it says because of that the Jews don't eat gidon the sciatic nerve. We don't eat the sciatic nerve. Three mitzvot in Breshi. That's it. Three mitzvot in this whole book. So what's it for? What's this book for? It's to teach us attitudes to life. This book is to teach us how to conduct ourselves and our lives and our attitudes to life. So one of the attitudes we're learning over here is the attitude of joy. The attitude of happiness, the attitude of, of being a, uh, a, a person who can turn people from being miserable to turn people to be happy. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. I have a question because I, I was taught that Yitzchak had the trait of Gevura, of like discipline, or I don't know what the right word is. True, 100%. So, so how do those two, the joy and the Gevura, how do they... Oh, very, very, very important. Very good question. Excellent question. And the answer is, how do you control your sadness? How do you control thinking about all the negativity? And the answer is Gevura. Gevura is self-control. Yitzchak's self-control was amazing. He never... It was too much, though. I think, I don't know. It's not a normal thing. Can you imagine? Your wife tri- tricks you. Your son tricks you. Your other son is a Russia to the nth degree. And what is his response? Not much. Not much, exactly. That's Gvura. <laughs> Gvura is with no one. Die either. Exactly. No one can change my state of mind. No one outside of me can change my state of mind. I'm in a happy state of mind. No one, nothing can change my state of mind. That's Yitzhak Avinu. That's a very, very high level. That's a stoic, a level of a stoic. What's a stoic? A stoic is nothing can change my way of thinking. I am I'm a happy state of mind. What I hear, what this guy does to me, what the other guy does to me, I don't change. Nothing affects me. Nothing affects me. You know why? Teflon. I'm a Teflon. Teflon man. Everything slides off me. Water off a duck's back. That's why Rifka did not confront him about certain issues. 
We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened between Rivka. It doesn't tell us. The Torah does not tell us every day. That's the whole thing about the Torah. The Torah just highlights certain points. It's like zooms in on certain things, and other things it just zooms out. Zooms in, zooms out. Zooms in. He's got to figure out the details. And we don't have many Midrashim. What's interesting, the Midrash usually fills in the details about their lives. There's not much. There's a lot of Midrashim, actually. On Yitzhak and Rivka, what happened. Over they come from two different worlds. Yitzhak comes from a very, very holy place. And when she saw her husband, what happened? She fell off the camel. Who is this man? This is going to be your husband. Such a holy person. Oh, gosh. She's coming from a different place. He's coming from a different place. And that's what marriage is all about. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. <laughs> we know that. You've got to find a, a meeting ground. It's hard to do. It's very hard to do. Two different mindsets. I'm always... A man has to learn how to... It's very hard. I'm still learning. Boy. <laughs> it's a lifetime of learning. It's a lifetime of learning. Hopefully I've learned together and got patience together because it takes a while to learn. It's a, it's a learning experience. Hashem wants us to learn. Hashem does not want a person to stay still. Always grow, always learn, always learn. And that's the difference. What is old age? When is a person old? When they stop learning. You've got to keep on learning. It's a learning experience. Every day is another learning experience. So you learn. You learn psychology. You have to be a psychologist to be married. You have to be a psychologist to be a parent. You have to be. You can't be a parent without a psychology. You have to be a psychologist to be a brother or a sister. You have to be a psychologist. It's, a, it's, a life. it's life lessons. A person's got to have life lessons. And that's what the Torah is teaching us right here. Look at the Torah. It's all about how to get along. Two brothers, one kills the other. And the other brother hates each other. And the other brothers hate each other. And the brothers, until they finally come together. So it's, it's psychology. How to treat your wife. Learn from Yitzhak. So Yitzhak was the word where the first time it says a man loved a woman. Can you imagine? Yitzhak. We have to wait for Yitzhak to learn about love between, in relationships. Amazing. So Yitzhak is teaching us joy in life. Yitzhak loved life. He was the most joyful person around, and everyone who saw him would laugh automatically, which is by remembering the story. Just remembering the story. This old woman, 90-year-old woman, had a baby. Can you imagine? How amazing. So if you see a great person in the Torah talking about laughter, Abraham laughed. He laughed because he believed in God and God promised him something precious. He laughed. He enjoyed the moment. Can you imagine? I don't have anything in my hand. You know, Abraham Avinu was special. Why? Because God promised him the world, and he got nothing. Got zero. You're going to have many children, like the stars in the sky. I don't even have one. <laughs> You're going to have the land of Israel. I don't have the land of Israel. I don't even have a place to bury my wife. And yet, he's happy. The promises lit up his life. Because I believe in God. If God says it's going to happen, okay, so I'll wait a few generations, you know. <laughs> <What's> that? <laughs> That's belief. Belief is, I know it's going to happen. I know Mashiach is going to come. So why not be happy now? Why not feel the joy now? Because it's terrible outside. Anti-Semitism, hatred, this one. Persecution. But be happy now. Why? Because I know eventually it's going to end. I know eventually we know what's going to happen. Hashem's going to say, checkmate to the whole world. Checkmate, your life's up. This is it. Right will win. Right will beat wrong. So we've had four different kinds of joy in the parasha. Amazing. In the parasha, four different kinds of joy. So let's talk a little bit about names. So we didn't get to the bottom. What's the crux of the matter? The crux of the matter is, and there's a Mishnah in Pirkei Avot, which discusses Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. We talked about it many times, right? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, he was the chief rabbi at the time of the destruction of the second temple. Imagine being the chief rabbi at the time of the destruction. 
What should that do to you? It should depress you and break you. It's like the biggest holocaust. It wasn't just holocaust of people, it was also holocaust of the temple. You see your temple in ruins. There's no end of Jewish life as we know it. It really was the end of Jewish life as we knew it. Because all the laws that surround the temple, were, that's it, no more laws anymore. These laws. Whoever heard of the laws of Tuma and Tarai, heard of them? Anyone have seen them around? You won't see them. It's a different kind of Judaism. It's a totally different kind of Judaism. Instead of having a hexer in your food, you've got a hexer in another hexer. Tahor Tameh. We, we don't really understand this. What a difference it was in the life. If it comes back, we're going to have a hard time adjusting. It's a major readjustment experience. People don't talk about it. So where is the source of laughter? We talked about what is the source of laughter. And the answer is a Mishnah Perkeavot. Number one is Esu Ashir. It's an attitude to life. I'm happy what I have. I'm happy what I have. And I enjoy what I have. And thank God for everything I have. And thank God for looking after me. Because Hashem is Shiftecha Mishantecha. He is my staff and my rod. The rod of my staff. He helps me to find the true path in life. And he helps me with everything I have. And number two is the Mishnah. Okay, so Rabbi Yochan Ben had five students. Who are the five students of Rabbi Yochan Ben Quick, let's go. Give me one. Give me one. Excellent. Rabbi Eliezer Ben Hurkunis. Number one. Eliezer Ben Hurkunis. Number two. Rabbi Yoshua Ben Hanania. Number three. Rabbi Laza ben Arach. Number four, Rabbi Shimon ben Netanel. Are you writing this down? And number five, <laughs> and number five, Rabbi Yossi HaKohen. Five great students he had. Imagine, this chief rabbi only has five students. Why do he have five students? And the answer is probably, he's talking about the end of his life. Because the beginning of his life, everything was going great for the Jewish people. They had a temple, they had classes, he probably had thousands of people in his class. All of a sudden, destruction, he only has five. Let's go. Rabbi Yocha, Rabbi Neze ben Hurkanis. Rabbi Yoshua ben Hanania. Rabbi Neze ben Hurkanis, he says, he's like a cistern which is sealed. Not a drop of wisdom escapes him. Doesn't forget anything. Imagine, a person with a perfect memory, photographic memory, does not escape anything. Anything I say is sealed in his brain like a cistern which saves every drop. Rabbi Neze ben Arach, Mayana mitkaber. What's a Mayan Hamid Kaber? It's a stream that keeps on getting stronger. The stream of water gets stronger and stronger. In other words, if I teach him a little bit, he can expand on my knowledge. Amazing, brilliant. Biggest years. Rabbi Shua ben Hanania. He gets the biggest praise. Guess what praise he got? The praise was to his mother. Ashrei Yolato. Praise be the woman who had birth, gave birth to this man. Psh. Why? It says because when she had him, she would take him as a baby to the Beit Midrash. And as a baby, he would be hearing the Beit Torah. So any woman who's pregnant comes to classes, she's hearing, the baby's hearing the Beit Torah in the womb, right? We have someone here whose daughter was... Right? Okay, but it's All our children should be like Rabbi Yoshua ben Hanania, praise Rabbi Yossi Chassid, pious man. Rabbi Shimon ben Nathanael, Yerechet, fear of sin. So these are high, heavy-duty titles. So then he asked them, he says, tell me, he says, what is the best trait for a person? And we all know, one says, Ayin Tovah, one says this, one says And he says, Lev Tov. A good heart. Literally a good heart. What is a good heart? Kind. What is a good heart? Giving. Giving, kind. But there's one root. The root is a good heart. 
What does that mean? Always thinking good thoughts about people. Always thinking good, never thinking bad. Always having a positive attitude to life. That's the source of joy. Joy is a positive, being an optimist. Joy is, this guy did bad to me. Okay. I'm a Teflon man. He can do as much bad as he is. God is in control. There's a famous story which we did in, in class. The story of David Amelach. Now, David Amelach, we all know, is a very special individual. Everyone has their flaws and failings. He had his flaws and failings. Everyone has flaws, flaws and failings. And that's the beauty of the Torah. The beauty of the Torah is there's no such thing as a saint. We do not believe in saints. Even our greatest people have their flaws. And the Torah zooms in on the flaws. It doesn't give anyone a break. David Amelech is towards the end of his life. The sun is setting on David Amelech's life. This great man who did so much. And the worst thing happens to him. You know what happens to him? He gets depressed. His son of Shalom rebels against him. Imagine. My father's getting old. It's time for a change. I'm much more handsome. I'm stronger. I can do better than him. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rebel against my father. It's a terrible story. A terrible story it is. In his old, old age, this is what happens to him. And he's sitting in Yerushalayim, and he hears his son has gone to Hebron, which was the capital of the, of the tribe of Judah. Right? Judah's in the south. Hebron was the capital city of Judah. And Yerushalayim was the capital city of the whole of Israel. Right? Eventually he made the capital city. Avshalom goes to Hebron. Avshalom invites the Sanhedrin. The whole Sanhedrin. Can you imagine the whole court? All the rabbis. Uh, how many rabbis in the Sanhedrin? 71 rabbis. 71 rabbis in the Sanhedrin. They all go. He says, I'm going to bring offerings to God. So they all go. And he invites all the leaders of Israel. Come with me to a party. In the middle of the party, he blows the shofar. And they anoint him king of Israel. His father's in Yerushalayim. And he's being anointed. And David Amelech hears in Yerushalayim, my son appoint himself the new king. Uh-oh, there's going to be a war. There's going to be a war between father and son. Can you imagine? What a worst-case scenario in someone's life. But this is already predicted to him by Natan HaNavi, it's because what you did to Bathsheba, your own family are going to rebel against you. Okay, he is now running away. Can you imagine? He runs away from Jerusalem. Age of 70, he's running around like a lunatic. He is now being chased by his son. So he runs out of Yerushalayim. He leaves Jerusalem intact. He runs in the desert. He's in the desert. Someone he, someone he knows passes him. You know who knows? He knows a descendant of Shaul HaMelech, one of the relatives of King Saul. King Saul's relative, his name was Shimi Ben-Gera. Who is Shimi Ben-Gera? Relative of King Saul, just say that. It's a trick question. He's a relative of King Saul, and he hates David. Why does he hate David? Because he blames David for the death of King Saul. King Saul was the first king, King David was the second king, and King Saul was killed by the Philistines, by the Philistines. And he blames David. He started cursing David. Imagine. He's cursing the king. David, you're so and so, you're so and so, cursing him, cursing, terrible curses. The Bible tells us. Klaladim Retzit, just non stop curses, 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 curses. And what is David's response? Well, number one, let's see. David's chief of staff, Yoav, had a brother, Avishai. Avishai ben Seruya. Let me cross this stream and let me cut off his head. Let me cut off the head of this dead dog, he says, who's cursing you. And Abi says, no, don't cut him off. If God wants him to curse, let him curse. In other words, this is, I'm accepting this as God's will. If God wants him to curse me, let him curse me, because I know what's going to happen. I know this is all part of my kapara. 
all this is part of my atonement process. My son is going to rebel against me. People are going to curse me. I'm just going to keep you quiet. This is not the time to reply to the curses. This is the time to just accept everything and move on with one's life. Actually, this is, that's David Amelech. So what I'm saying, I'm talking about a stoic. That nothing other people say should trouble you. That's Gevura. Gevura is, sometimes you don't react. So don't, not because he doesn't react, because he can't react. Gevura is, I don't react because I could react very badly. I'm not, I choose not to react. Isn't, doesn't it at that point, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if I remember that, he, Solomon, Yes, he tells his son, "You sort him out." And, right and so Yoav is is killed by him, and okay. And so Shimei Ben Gera is also. All right. Yes, but this wasn't the time to do it. When I'm down and out, and Hashem wants to give me more troubles. It's a sign of kapara. I'm getting mm-hmm. kapara, because the truth is, there's always ups and downs in a person's life. This is a very very important idea. Kapara. When things are up, they're really up. And things are down. It's called a galgal. The word gilgul comes from there. Galgal. It's a cycle of a person's life. Everyone has their moments of being down, and everyone has their moments of being up. So, what do you do when you're up? Take a video quickly. Because <laughs> when you're down, you play back the video. That's right. That's that's the way to do it. It doesn't have to be a video. Video. It can be a memory. That's what a video is. A memory in our minds. Thank God for the good things in one's life and always look at the good things in one's life. Always think about the good things in one's life. And that way you'll be happy all the time. Always. Because we all have good things in our lives. We have bad things in our lives. We have to remember the highlights of our lives. And every highlight, thank God. Because that thanking God for the highlight triggers more good. If a person's complaining when they're at a high, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Never complain when you're down, but always be thankful when you're high. Be, always be thankful. Always play back the high points and always thank God for the high points because thank God for the high points. So that was Abraham. That's, so joy comes from inside. Where does it come from? It comes from this idea. I'm wealthy. What do you mean I'm wealthy? I'm wealthy. There's more to God. There's more to life than money. There's health. There's relationships. What else is there? Come on, let's go. Health, relationships, brains, achievements. Come on, let's go. What are they? Come on, let's go. Why are we doing all the talking over here? Children, Children, family, friends, friends, joy, good food. Oh, there you are. That's good. Good food. That's good. Chocolate. Chocolate. Thank you so much. Chocolate cake. Wow. All right. Things work in the house, like the heat. Yeah. Things we take for granted. Things we take for granted. So these are sources of joy. A person's got to use them as sources of joy in their life. You know, it's, I don't know how, it's about 30 degree gusts of wind. I can't take this. It's terrible. You know what? Look, it's nice in here. Right. I was going to appreciate what we have. I got an overcoat. I got scarves. I got a hat. Thank God for that. Otherwise, how would he survive? So that's the positive start of life. A person's got to have a good heart. That takes a good heart. Always look at the good in one's life. Always look at the positives in one's life. So. Isn't the bad, though? Isn't the bad supposed to help you, too? To yes, we talked about it. David, have... David Amelech. Kapara. Kapara. Also to identify the areas that you need to work Shiftecha. on. Shiftecha. Shiftecha The rod and the staff. The rod is... That's it. That'll identify the... You're going to work on yourself a little bit more. And Shiftecha Mishantecha. Mishantecha is... Hashem is pulling you in a certain direction. You've got to feel that. A person's got to feel in their lives. Hashem is guiding me. Hashem is guiding me for sure. No question about that. So let's talk a bit about... Let me, we talk about joy. Let's talk a bit about names. 
how names are so important. The name you give your child is so important. The names in the Torah are so important. How do we know? Because God changes people's names. Why would God have to change people's names? Have you ever asked, why does God have to change people's names? To change their mazal. Change their mazal. Very good. What does that mean? But doesn't it mean that their mission actually changes? Like what they're supposed to be achieving? So what is your name? Your name is your mission. Your name is your mission. Very good. Excellent. What else? What else? Your name is your title. Your mission, your title. What else? It's your essence. It's your essence. It's your description. How do you know? Because when someone asks you, who are you? What do you tell them? Your name. It's a person to think, how am I related to my name? You know, some people like their names. Thank God I like my name. I love my name. <laughs> but sometimes par- the, pa- the, ch- the parents give their children such wacky names <laughs> that a pa- person goes up and he says, God, says, why did you give me that uh-huh. terrible burden? That name is such a burden. <laughs> so it's very important not to burden your children. I think it's very, very important. Don't burden your children with a name. It's very important because otherwise they'll resent it and they'll resent you and who knows what will happen. But it's very important to give a child a name which is a, will not stick out. People make the kids in the class will make fun of them. Mm-hmm. It's very. I think it's very important. I don't know. Unless you want them to be really tough and stoic, <laughs> then it, they can withstand it. But we name after people. Yes, it's true. So then that's very important because that gives the other the, per, the person who's named that way a historical reference. Who am I? Oh, I'm named after my grandfather. What did my grandfather do in his life? That's why it's very important not just to name after someone, but name after someone good. Mm-hmm. Same with someone who has a positive identification. Because when we think about ourselves, we think about names. So what is our name? Who named us? Oh, I'm named after my grandpa. What did my grandpa do? I'm named after grandpa. What did he do? Boy. So that gives you a, a sense of reference. It's, it's a reference in your life. Who, do, who am I like? Who should I be like? Who is my hero? Who is my role model? It's very, very important. So we see this in a few parashiyot. Av- Avram became... Abraham, Sarai becomes Sarah. But really, she was Yiska before that. We talked about that last week. So, names are very important. Abraham means Av Hamon Goyim. You are the father of a multitude of nations. Really, if you think about it, there was a couple of years ago, there was a. What's that magazine? The, quickly. <laughs> you know, the joke, the joke is uh, there were two elderly couples. And a man is telling his, his friend, his, his friend says, you know, we went to this great restaurant last night. It was a tremendously good restaurant. I said, yeah, what was, the, what was the name of the restaurant? So said, what's the name of that flower? You know, the red flower? He says, Rose? I said, yeah. Rose, what was the name of the restaurant we went to? <laughs> 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 that was really Trying to remember the name of the magazine. Anyway, so... Rose, where are you? What's the name of the magazine? Anyway, so uh, it had a big title. Abraham, father of a multitude of nations. Because if we think about it, you know, we think about Abraham. He's the father of Yitzhak. So we're all from Yitzhak. Okay. But how many Jews in the world? Comparison. 14 million. We should never have been heard of. There are more people living on the island of Madagascar <laughs> than Jews in the world. Who's heard of Madagascar? We should not be heard of. We're 0.01% of the human race. Point, come on, it's hard to manage. You tell an anti-Semite, they're 0.01% of the human race, Jews. So, well, they must all live in my neighborhood. 
<laughs> it's only 0.01%. And look at the impact. It's hard to imagine. Impact. It's hard to imagine. This is a miracle. That's somewhat okay. But where's the bracha? Where's God's bracha? You're going to be a multitude of nations. And the answer is, the bracha was fulfilled through the other children. Which is terrible. Yishmael. Hashem says, don't worry. Throughout your son Yishmael, don't worry. I'm going to look after him. He's going to be the father of many nations. And here's 1.3 billion Muslims. Spiritual father of many nations. And then the Christians also, descendants of Abraham. Through Esav, believe it or not. Esav, the rabbis say. Esav. E-S-U-E-S-A-U. What does that stand for? The EU and the USA. Esav. It's true. They are the descendants of Esav. Also from Abraham. That's another one point. Five billion Christians in the world. So they say it's spiritual descendants of Abraham. So they are the spiritual descendants. Abraham today has... One, uh, 2.8 billion spiritual descendants, plus the sons of Keturah, who he sent to the east. Now, you know what happened to the east? You have Buddhist, Buddhism, and you have the Hindus, all the sons of Abraham. So the world today is, people don't realize that. That's the bracha of Abraham. He didn't say they'd be good. He didn't say they'd be tzaddikim. He said you can have a lot of descendants, and he got a lot of descendants. Okay? So that's the bracha of Abraham. So he was Av Hamon Goyim. He was the father of a multitude of nations. We don't realize that. Abraham Avinu, we think, you know, he was the first Jew. He was the first, what's the word for it? He was the first? Monotheist. Huh? Monotheist. He was the first monotheist. Well, he wasn't really. Because he had Noah, and you had Shem, and you had uh, Ever, and you had Adam, and you had, uh, let's go, Hanoch, and all the others. He was the first one who broadcasted the world. He was the first person to broadcast Ethical monotheism. And that's the reason. Yeah. If, you, if you think about it, yesterday's parasha was the most important parasha in Breshit. If you missed three lines, you missed the whole point. What is the three lines in the parasha? And those three lines are where God chooses Abraham. And he said, I'm choosing you, Abraham. Why? Because you are going to teach your children after you. Two things. Tzedakah and Mishpat. Righteousness and justice. I'm going to choose you, Abraham, because you're the one who's going to teach your children. We see over there that if you're not going to teach your children, you're just wasting your time. The main point of parenthood is to teach your children on a good path, the good path to life. Otherwise, it's just a failure. Abraham was the first one to organize education. First one to organize education. There was only one person before him who talked about education. Who was that? Believe it or not, it was Cain. How do you know? Because Cain kills his brother. And what does he do next? It says he has a son whose name was Hanoch. Education. And he builds a city called Hanoch. Education. He says, my father didn't teach me right from wrong. I have to teach my son right from wrong. So in other words, he was a Baal Very interesting, but it didn't last. It didn't last. His teachings didn't last. It's a shame, unfortunately. So we have different names. So Abraham was Avhamon Goyim. And uh, Sarai, my princess, became the princess of the world. Wow, she got a very big title. Sarah, the princess of the world. She was the first Jewish Canaanite uh, princess. I'm just joking. Okay. Um, and uh, Yitzhak, laughter. 
Ishmael gets the best name. I think he got the best name. What does Ishmael mean? Hashem will hear him. Hashem will hear. Does it say him? Hashem will hear. Oh. It's a powerful name. In fact, you had Rabbi Ishmael, who was in the. It was a very good name. Why not? The rabbis also took the names. Ishmael is a very powerful name. God will hear. What's the difference between Ishmael and Shmuel? Shmuel, God heard. Shmuel. And Ishmael, God will hear. The question is, who will God hear? So there's a beautiful commentary. I'm going to find it. So the commentary says, it's an amazing commentary. It says, in the end of days, Ishmael will afflict the Jews. And God will hear the cry of the Jewish people who are being afflicted. It's right now. It's about right now. When the Jews are afflicted by the missile sent by Ishmael, and we cry to God, Ishmael, God will hear our cries. So God will hear. Very powerful. In fact, Hagar, she prays in a place called Be'er L'chai Ro'in. Who prays there? Ish Yitzhak. Says it. The place that she was answered, I'm going to pray. Very powerful. They know how to pray. If they pray five times a day, we have to pray ten times a day. Because they're praying to kill us. That's what they're praying. If they pray uh, and they go down on their heads on the mat, we have to pray even harder. We really have to. Really powerful. We have to pray even harder. And Bezrat Hashem, Ishmael Hashem will hear our prayers in the future. Bezrat Hashem will hear our prayers. That's right now. And then we have some strange names, which are coming up. Esav. Would you call your son Esav? I wouldn't call my son Esav. What exactly does it mean? What does it mean? It doesn't mean hairy. It means made. Completely made. When you see a child coming out with hair, normally normal children don't have much hair, they don't have any eyebrows. When you see a kid coming out with hair, boy, really hairy. I just had a nephew, he's really, wow. I've never seen a kid like that. He's like a real, like a mane of hair. Like. So they got so shocked. They said, wow, he's asui. He's made. He's already made. Esau was ready made. And then he comes out, and who's holding on to his heel? Yaakov. Ah, oh, he's a heel. Yaakov, he gets the name a heel. Oh boy, what a name to give your child. Would you give your child a name, Yaakov? I would hate that name, Yaakov. I hate it. Heel of a man. But it has symbolism, obviously. Why is the word name? Because Esau is a man who wants everything now. I want it, and I want it. Oh, say that again. Let's do it again. I want it, and I want it. Now. Oh, that's it. I want it now. Esau wants it now. Asui, I want it now. Ready. I'm not waiting. To, I'm not waiting around. I want that soup right now. Well, I'm going to give for it. I don't care. I don't care about the future. I live in the present. That's Esav. I live in the present. I want it already made for me right now. And Yaakov, he's a heel guy. What's a heel guy? So we have a pasuk in the Torah. What's ekev? What's ekev? In the end, Hashem says, you're going to listen to me. Ekev, in the end. Yaakov is an end guy. What's an end guy? I got a goal in mind all the time. I may suffer right now, but I know in the end I'm working now for retirement. I don't care what I have to go through. If I have to drive to Brooklyn, I have to drive to Brooklyn. If I drive to Teaneck, I'll drive to Teaneck every day. But you know what? I'm looking at my goal. I have a certain plan in mind. That's an end person. That's Yaakov. Yaakov says, you know, this world may be tough for me. I'm not looking for this world. I'm an end guy. I look for the next world. And that was his life. He works so hard, but he gets an end. He has 12 tribes. That's a massive end. That's a perfect end. That's a beautiful end. I wish I had 12 tribes. But amazing. The 12 tribes of Israel. That's, that's a worthy cause. So he was, they, they saw this guy. Esav is created ready-made. That means he wants everything ready-made. He's not willing to sacrifice the present for the future. 
Whereas Yaakov is willing, and that's what they saw in Yaakov. So there is symbolism in the names. We have to be very careful. We give a name to our children. So number one is when Sarah laughed. Hashem says, why is Sarah laughing? Because a laugh of disbelief. When Abraham laughed, no one criticized him. He had a great laugh. Why? I believe. I'm laughing. I'm a relief. Who is like Abraham Avinu in history? Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva laughed the most strange laughs. I mean, so we talked about it, right? right? Many times. So I'm not going to burden you again. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, so, no, so Rabbi Akiva laughs. He laughs at the wrong times. So the temple is destroyed. Everyone's crying. He's laughing. Why are you laughing? Because I know now the prophecy of destruction came true. The prophecy of redemption will come true. I'm laughing because I see the future. I'm not laughing on the past. I'm laughing on the future. That's what we have to do. We have to see the future in front of us and laugh because the future is going to be good. And we know the future is going to be good. Mashiach is going to come. The future is going to be good. We have to laugh now because the future, we have nothing to be depressed about. Even though it's bad around there. We have to laugh. So when should a person laugh? So the book Aleshor, one of the great Mashiachs in our time, he said a person has to learn to develop a sense of humor. We have to learn to develop a sense of humor. And sense of humor doesn't just mean a sense of humor. It means an outlook on life. Let me give an example. The, the students in Gemara Tanit, Dafkaf, the students asked Rav Ada Barahava. He lived, to, I don't know how old he was, 120? 120 years old. And they asked him, what do you do to be worthy of long life? Look what he says. He says, I never got upset in my house. Is that a big thing or a small thing? I was never once upset in my house. A miracle. A miracle, that's right. In other words... I don't think I know a single person who uh, would uh, qualify... I was thinking about this yesterday when I got upset. (laughs) How do you do it? How do you do it? Approaching life with equanimity. Approaching life with equanimity gives a person joy. You know, nothing phases you. I talked about stoic, this idea of stoicism. I never got upset in my life, in my household, because that's the place where you mostly get upset, right? How come you bought this? How come you didn't buy this? Why do you cough so much? Why do this? Why do you sneeze? Why are you sneezing all over the place? Why are you coughing? Why are you this? Why do you paint the wall this color? Eh, disgusting. <laughs> that's why I got long life. Like that. She was like the most joyful person. Wow. She lived across the street from me, and then... Uh, she got older, she was in the Regency, and I used to visit her in the Regency because she was such a pleasure <laughs> to visit. Nice. Uh, Rose probably knows exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. She was, always had a smile, always... Beautiful, beautiful, out. beautiful. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. It's very hard. It's, very, it's a high level. She unfortunately died, but... Equanimity. Equanimity. We had a long life. Yes. I know somebody like that also, but the problem is, is that with every meter, there's like good and bad. So this person also is very, very laid back and then has other things that are... Okay, you know, okay. So at, least one, at least one part of it is good. Okay. I'm a rubber. Now we come to number two. What's a, what's a happy person? Number one is never get upset. Number two. I'm a rubber. Whoever's easygoing. It's forgiven for all their sins. If you're, if you're easygoing with other people... Hashem says, you're easy going with them, I'll be easy going with you. I'll give you a break. You give other people a break, I'll give you a break. Some people never give people breaks. They're very, very 
pedantic. You know, pedantic is they stand their ground. I'll never bend my head to anyone, right? But I said, you know what? Give them a break. The guy was rude to you. Okay, give him a break. So he says, you give them other people a break, I'll give you a break as well. Very, very useful. And that makes a person happy. When you give someone a break, okay. But a person who takes revenge, keeps scores, so it says, loti kombi loti tour. You'll never be happy. Because this one, I owe this. This one, I'm going to pay him back. This guy, I'm going to pay him back. I keep a score of everything. It's a true story. It happened to me in Vancouver. And I'll end up with that story. There was a woman who was going out with this guy from my shul, and I told her, don't marry him. He's a womanizer, he's brilliant, and his mind is all over the place. And she came back to me, and she said, Rabbi, I'm going to marry him anyway. Okay. Marry him, I don't care. Marry him. And then she gets married, and then two weeks later she comes to me with a list. <laughs> she says, see, he did this, he did this, he did this. I said, I told you I didn't. Don't marry him. But now you're married, you have to stay together. And thank God they're still together. It's a miracle. But never keep a list. My advice is... No. My advice is... Well, was ten years ago, they were still married. It was a miracle. So, so anyway, so my advice is, if you're married, don't keep a, a bad list. Always keep a good list. Always think the good about the other party. And that's the way to make things happen. That's a mavi, a middle a person who gives a little bit who lets things wash over them and don't get affected. That's the hard part. Don't get affected. Because we're all human beings and we all make mistakes and we all have bad moods sometimes. And the person should just be, let it go. Let it flow over you and should affect you. And just keep your, just keep your cool and yourself joy. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.